What's up and welcome back to the Locked on Bucks podcast. I am James Yarko flying solo tonight. You can find me on Twitter at jyarko underscore bucks and be sure that you're following at the pewter plank and at Locked on Bucks as well as my co-host David Harrison who is at dh82 underscore bucks. Tonight I'm going to be diving into a few topics. One of the one of the hot topics over the weekend, well not even over the weekend but right before the Monday night game was the fact that Jason Light's uh, franchise option was going to be picked up for 2018. I am not going to be discussing that tonight. Uh, we are going to save that for tomorrow when David Harrison returns because I know he wanted to get involved in that conversation quite a bit. So that will be covered on Thursday's episode of Locked on Bucks. But tonight I'm going to be discussing Gerald McCoy making it to his sixth consecutive Pro Bowl Levante David being snubbed yet again, and I'm going to give my thoughts on Doug Martin missing the game against the Falcons for violating a team rule. So for starters, let's go ahead and dive in to the fact that Gerald McCoy has been selected to his sixth consecutive Pro Bowl as a Buccaneer. It's the only team he's ever played for. Hopefully it's the only team he will ever play for, and it's a well-deserved honor for Gerald McCoy to to be selected yet again because once again despite all of the hate that he unfairly gets despite the criticisms despite the fact that well he's not Warren Sapp he doesn't have to be he is one of the best defensive tackles in all of football period and you can see what impact he has when he's not on the field when the rest of the defensive line is struggling to stop Devontae Freeman from running all over them. He is not the kind of player that is going to get you 13.5 to 15 sacks a season. That's not his job. That's not what he does. But the role that he plays on this team, he plays to virtual perfection and it's appreciated by everyone apparently outside of Tampa people want to keep getting their their arms thrown up and in in sheer anger and and frustration that he's not getting a sack on every single play or the fact that when he does get a sack it's not at a good enough time in the game for their particular liking it amazes me how underappreciated somebody as talented as Gerald McCoy is by the fans of the team that he plays for. And you heard it when we had Aaron Freeman of the Locked On Falcons podcast on last Friday. And he said, well, if you guys don't want him, we'll take him. What does that tell you? What does that tell you when your division rival would leap at the opportunity to get a player from your team? A player that fans hate on and criticize unfairly but he's going to his sixth consecutive Pro Bowl only Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp have been to more Pro Bowls and been to more consecutive Pro Bowls than Gerald McCoy as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer not Selman not Lynch not Barber Gerald McCoy Take that for what you will. It's a well-deserved honor. He earned it. Now, he's not going to play, I wouldn't think, with the biceps injury. 
but it goes in his personal record book. Six consecutive Pro Bowls. The problem that I have with the Pro Bowl voting and the Pro Bowl selection is that once again, somebody who is vastly underappreciated, unnoticed, in Levante David, is listed as a second alternate at linebacker for the NFC. I realize that Levante has an uphill battle to climb when it comes to these kind of selections because he's not the outside linebacker that is going to get you double-digit sacks. He's not the stand-up outside linebacker in a 3-4 whose job it is to rush the passer on every play. So the stats don't pop the way they do for Von Miller. Which, I mean, Von Miller is one of the best in the game. I'm not saying Levante David is as good as Von Miller, but you understand what I'm trying to, the, the point that I'm trying to get across here. Levante David is playing better than I have ever seen him play in the NFL. I've said that numerous times, and I'm not alone in that. But because of the position that he plays, because he is a 4-3 outside linebacker, and he's not the one who's getting after the quarterback on every play, the fact that he is racking up all these tackles for no gain or the two- and three-yard run stops that he has, or when he's chasing a receiver all the way down the field and making a tackle, and the fact that he's on a 4-10 and ten football team, all goes against him. He doesn't have the eye-popping stats. <clears throat> he doesn't have the sack numbers. He doesn't have the interceptions. What he does have is the most forced fumbles and fumble recoveries of any player since he entered the league. He's opportunistic. He is fast. He's intelligent. He's incredible to watch. And he has played better this season than he has played in any season in his NFL career. And he's not going to make it in. Well, he'll, he'll probably play. He'll probably play because guys are going to skip it for injuries. You know, players are going to miss it because they're in the Super Bowl. But he should have been voted in already. He should not have to rely on being an alternate. He deserved it. He earned it. it it's infuriating that players like Levante David, and he's not alone in this. He's not the only one across the league. I, I didn't I didn't look it up or anything, but I can guarantee you that there is a a locked on podcast somewhere talking about how one of their players was snubbed because of the position that they play. Because of their Levante David. It's unfortunate. But that's the NFL that we're in today. If you are not on the highlight reels, if you are not talked about to the point of nausea 
on ESPN. If you are not Luke Keekley or Von Miller, you don't have the recognition that you probably have earned. So I feel bad for Levante. I do. He earned it. I'll be excited that he'll get to play in it, should he choose to, you know, because it, it inevitably will happen. But, you know, again, good for Gerald. He absolutely earned that spot. Coming up next, I'm going to be uh, discussing the Doug Martin situation. So make sure that you stay tuned to that. You are listening to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am James Yarko. You can find me on Twitter at jyarko underscore bucks. I am flying solo. My co-host David Harrison at dh82 underscore bucks is uh, feeling a little under the weather. So whatever it is that I had last week, apparently he has this week. So I'm flying solo tonight. Doug Martin, a healthy scratch, <clears throat> inactive, Monday night, prime time against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, for those of you who who don't know me, haven't listened to me all that often, don't know what my stance is on Doug Martin, I I was pounding the table really, really hard all offseason when David and I started the Walking the Plank podcast back in March. In fact, our very first episode was the potential that Adrian Peterson could be coming to Tampa Bay. I got to the point, as big of a Doug Martin fan as I was, you know, the fact that Doug Martin is, is or was my son's favorite player for a long time. I liked Doug. I wanted to see him succeed, but I had reached the point with his suspension and with his roller coaster type performance <clears throat> that I no longer trusted him. I didn't trust him to be the 1400 yard running back that we had seen in his first and third years or first and fourth years. I didn't trust him to be the running back, the feature back that the Buccaneers needed moving forward with the direction that this team was heading in the previous offseason. Granted, that direction fell flat, as we now know, but at the time, we were all hyped up about Deshaun Jackson and and then O.J. Howard and, and all this. But I didn't feel that they had a stable enough running game to complement what the passing game was supposed to become I pleaded and pleaded and pleaded with whoever was listening with whoever was reading when I put it on the pewterplank.com I wanted nothing more than for Doug Martin to prove me wrong by and large this season I feel he has run far better than the stats would tell you I feel that he spent a lot of his carries fighting tooth and nail just to get back to the line of scrimmage because there was no run blocking. By the time he was handed the ball, there was already two defenders on him. How many 
10, 15, 20, 30-yard runs did we see Doug Martin have get called back? A couple of them were on Donovan Smith phantom penalties. So for the most part, I felt that Doug Martin somewhat proved me wrong. He looked like he was running with a purpose, and I was excited to see it. Then we get to to Monday night. And Doug Martin is a healthy scratch, a healthy inactive, for violating undisclosed team rules, as they put it. Okay. Get him out of here. I'm done. And the Buccaneers should be done, too. You know, this guy gets suspended at the end of last season when the Buccaneers were still in the thick of the playoff hunt for getting popped for PEDs or violating the substance abuse policy, whatever it was. And he has to go through the entire offseason earning their trust, having a coach bang his fist on the table that he wants to keep him instead of the opportunities that they had to draft Marlon Mack or Kareem Hunt or Dalvin Cook, whichever running back you want to go with. The opportunity was there for a clean break and for them to move on from Doug Martin. They gave him the benefit of the doubt. They trusted him. And this is how he repays them. By violating yet another rule and getting himself benched for a nationally televised game on the night where John Gruden is honored and inducted into the ring of honor. The trust is broken. And the production does not outweigh the mistakes. Not anymore. Not anymore. It is time to cut ties with Doug Martin and draft a running back. Don't give me any of this free agency nonsense. Draft your running back. Draft your feature back. I like what I've seen from Peyton Barber. I do. I think he's been impressive. I think he's run extremely well. And I think he has that big play potential. But he's not going to be able to do it on his own. The Buccaneers have two more games now to continue to evaluate what they have in Peyton Barber. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again for those that didn't hear it, those that don't remember it. I look at Peyton Barber as the Bucks' Mark Ingram. Now they have to go and they have to draft their Alvin Kamara. They need that backbreaker of a running back like Alvin Kamara, to be the perfect complementary piece to what Peyton Barber brings to the table. And no, it is not Charles Sims. Despite some of the nice plays that Sims has made, and I'll give him his due when it's due, he can't run the ball. 
He gets lucky every now and again. But the Buccaneers need more than a running back that trots out on the field on third down and the defense goes, well, they're not going to run it. You have to have a dual threat player like Alvin Kamara or Kareem Hunt or Marlon Mack. You can find running backs in day two of this draft. The running back class is going to be every bit as deep as it was in 2017. But they have to take one. I think Peyton Barber has earned himself at least one more year on this team. Whether it's for Dirk Cutter or another head coach. Or another offensive coordinator. He's earned that opportunity. Now let's see what he can do when he becomes the second half of a two-headed monster like we see in New Orleans. Because how well has that worked for them this year? They have a quarterback that can sling it. They have weapons that can catch it. But they have the best one-two punch in the backfield in the NFL. And it's not even close. But in no way, shape, or form, under no circumstances, should Doug Martin be given another chance. That's it. If they cut him, there's no money that they have to pay him. There's no dead money. There's no cap hit. There's no nothing. See ya. Thanks for those two years that were uh, pretty impressive. And best of luck in all your future endeavors. He's not worth the time or trouble anymore. And I like Doug. I do. I'm disappointed that things turned out the way that they did. But it doesn't change the fact that they did turn out the way that they did. Inconsistent each and every season. You don't know which Doug Martin you're going to get. Positive drug test and suspension. And then violating team rules. Sorry, not sorry. It's time for Martin to go. That was pretty much all I had to uh, to get off my chest for Wednesday's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you that have tuned in. Make sure that you're following on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at The Pewter Plank. I am at JYarko underscore Bucks. And make sure you are following my co-host David Harrison at DH82 underscore Bucks. Make sure you're tuning in on Thursday. David and I are going to dive real deep into the Jason Light conversation after his option for 2018 was picked up, how that could affect a potential coaching change, and how that might actually make me a little bit more okay if the Glazers are keyed in and John Gruden returning uh, ends up coming to fruition. So thanks again to each and every one of you for tuning in once again here at the Locked on Bucks podcast.